The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. There are two sides to the broadcast industry. Content creators and money makers. This podcast is for that second group. Sellers, buyers, managers, anyone with an interest in business. You're all welcome here. This is Seller to Seller. Now, here's your host, Jeff Caves. All right, we've all sold endorsement deals uh, for our on-air staff, or we should have at least by now. Personally, you know, I was able to sell myself because I was on the air and in sales, and it really was the most powerful tool that I felt I had in my box. Well, I want you to get your hard hats on because here comes the general contractor of endorsement selling, amongst other things. Let me introduce you to Mike Scott, long career with iHeartMedia. Had stopovers in New Orleans, West Palm Beach as director of sales. Most recently, he was the Mid-South region president, and he covered Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Tennessee uh, for the former Clear Channel and current iHeart, and a friend of mine, a Boise State fan, (laughs) and uh, lives in DFW. Um, Your wife was selling. She's now retired. And so, Mike, I'm shocked you've even found time for me. How are you, sir? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jeff, I'm awesome, man. How the hell are you? I'm good, man. I, I mean, both of us are like guys that just love to talk about how to make this business easier for the people to me, Mike, who really make it go. And that's the salespeople. And that's why I wanted to put this together. So let's start with your sales experience. And as you know, a guy that was at iHeart as a regional president with all those states and all those markets and stations... I want you to address, do you think that sales should have been the first thing you did every day at the top of your list and then manage, or was it the other way around? And what what do you think about that? Uh, Great question. I should have started every day with a sales focus. I should have gone to lunch every day with a sales focus. Uh, As I was packing my desk up to go home, I should have been thinking about sales and before I went to bed at night, I should have gotten on a knee and prayed <laughs> for some sales things. Uh, the truth of the matter is you can't spend too much time focused on sales. Um, we've all know the joke about sales versus programming. And that has been one of the most detrimental things to our business that ever happened. Because the most powerful salespeople are the people who put the product out, the content delivery team, the DJ, whatever we call them. Mm -hmm. That's the most powerful sales voice in every organization. And we kind of went to the opposite ends and pointed guns at each other. It it was silly. All right. So you you said that's what you should have done, right? Uh, That doesn't sound the way you were able to do your job when you're running all these states and the SEC, basically. Of course, yeah, exactly. A lot of Sunbelt too, just uh, okay. But uh, but yes, you're correct. I think the other thing too is you know things. There's things that are required. Okay, what you know maybe instead of what I said I should have done is what would have been more productive might have mm-hmm. been the, the better way to answer that question. I mean the the stuff the stuff part it's it's got to get done. Um, but one of the things I think I would. I've learned would be the stuff part doesn't have to be done when the light is shining, when it's time to go see a customer. Okay. So I think maybe the better way to have answered that would have been to simply say, um, I should have never used prime selling time for anything other than selling. 
And that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, for a salesperson, we know that we should be out of the office seeing people ideally from 10 to three. You know, sometimes people will see you before and after those uh, times, but it feels like you know, like a great midday show, a great midday salesperson is out on the road, right? And I don't know if you ever broke it down like that and looked at, well, how many hours should I be spending a day selling or even heard it from the top down? Yes, um, there's a lot, you know, there didn't used to be, but there's an awful lot of great data today. Um, I don't have it at my fingertips, but understanding, you know, best times to, to find people, find prospects, the best ways to communicate. I mean, Jeff, when you and I started, you know, you, you could walk into a business and find a, a decision maker, or you could make a phone call. Um, today, those tactics, while still available to us, um, there's a lot more layers. You know, there's email, there's text, you know, there's the social media sites, you know, the LinkedIn's of the world. Um, so we have, it's simpler to find decision-making processes, uh, but it's not easier. In fact, it's a hell of a lot harder. All of that access has also allowed uh, prospects to, to easily screen you. So, you know, it's kind of the, the, the better the data, the better the access gets, the, the more layers of uh, stay away from me gets. So being a great salesperson today has a different set of, you know, the prospecting challenges. One, I'm probably not an expert on, but so, you know, the technique itself, I'll leave to others. Um, but there's some fundamental things that will never, ever change. One thing about you, I know will never change. And, and since this is targeted at sports radio sellers, I think it's good to address they're very, we are very fortunate in that either we're selling local personalities or national personalities, depending upon how our stations are organized. And that's an asset. Uh, we're going to spend time talking about the endorsement sale and your passion for it. So, Give me that overview. And, and has this always been a thing for you where you've always had a program per se for your sellers to say, get the, get, get the on-air staff involved here? Um, when I was first a sales rep, um, you know, one of the things I did is I did what I was told, um, you know, so that if they'd say, you know, we sell endorsements, I'd sell endorsements. Um, but I didn't really, really understand why. And like all things, you know, the data wasn't as good back then. Mm -hmm. Um you know, there was a lot of, you know, you'd kind of, you know, put your thumb up and go, how's it working? Oh, it's working great. Or, oh, it's not working good at all. Um, now, you know, you can track. And uh, again, the data sets are huge. So we know, here's what we know uh, is that an endorsed, a seller, uh, excuse me, an endorser used properly, which isn't difficult, but there are some rules to it is one of the most powerful tools. It cuts through recessions. It cuts through all of the clutter. And I wanna say this before we get too far, Jeff. Mm -hmm. If you are working at a sports station, you are working at the single greatest endorsement environment that's ever been invented. There's nothing better. And I'm not talking about in radio, I'm talking about there's nothing better in any media. A sports fan audience is the most engaged of all. You're forward leaning. I think I told you this. I was driving home last night from playing pickleball. Yeah. I got in the car and there they are, the guys on the Dallas Cowboys station. They're the ragging fan. on my favorite yeah. coach over there. And I literally wanted to crawl into the radio and strangle this guy because he was an idiot. He didn't know. Because he's hammering Kellen Moore, one of your favorite yes. players of all time, former Boys State quarterback. <laughs> exactly. He's trashing my boy. Yeah. But 
But here's what happened was how easily I sat forward. I literally sat forward in my car and was like, like trying to touch the radio as if that person was right there next to me. And you know what? They were next to me sitting in that seat. In essence, we were arguing about this. So stop and think about in that environment. You have to cut through the, the, you know, the, the clutter of a consumer's mind. Okay. It's very difficult to do because they're bombarded with messages more than ever. So how do you cut through? A, what's the environment? Are they listening? Are they mm-hmm. actively engaged? Number two, is the person delivering the information credible? So stop and think. No matter how big your market is, no matter how small your market is, if you have a sports talk station, uh, it's a little bit like your audience is a little bit like um, an alumni association. They're A, they're there by choice. B, they're there because they love the concept of whatever this is. They love your team. Mm-hmm. They love your topics. But they're all there about sports. So that there's that fraternity that we all share, that passion we bring, and we come to listen. You know, it's great to be, you know, selling a smooth jazz station or a country station or, you know, whatever. Music stations are fantastic. The problem is it's more background. Sports talk is foreground. Mm-hmm. Passion. Hey, it's football season. You know, I, again, I'm listening. And I know now that the Cowboys are going to be the worst team in the history of the NFL uh, <laughs> this year because some guy dropped a pass today out at yeah. training camp. Remember this. Every single day, every talent on the air, whether they're a national talent, a local talent, a sidekick, the traffic reporter, whoever has a microphone that's open, mm-hmm. hey, credibility out the gills, number two, that, that audience, they build that audience every single day because you know what? Nobody's subscribing, okay? So I have that audience chooses every single day to come get highly motivated. They're passionate about the topic. It doesn't matter if they love your take or hate your take. You're delivering the take. So think about that from an environment. Now, uh, this guy last night who's talking to me about Mm -hmm. Kellen Moore's an idiot can literally turn around and now and tell me where to get a car lease. And you know what? He's got credibility with me. Let me stop you here and transition over to one of the objections that we'll throw up and management has to deal with is the endorsement fee uh-huh. and how to handle that negotiation with the guy on the air, how much he should get. Sometimes it's more than what the salesperson makes. The station looks at it and says, Hey, you're taking an endorsement deal that that guy's getting paid. You know, you're making a commission. If it's an agency, it's even more. And the net keeps going down. You were in charge of multiple markets. So is there a formula? I wish there was a formula, but I don't believe there is. I'll give you an example. Uh, You get a call in from uh, H&R Block and they want to do endorsements for the tax season. So they're going to nationally come to market and they're going to be on the air for three and a half, four months with you. Okay, so there's going to be an agency fee and and they're going to argue about the talent fee. But at the end of the day, they'll pay the talent fee. And then on April 15th, they're gone and we'll see you next January. Correct? Yep. Okay. So that's a circumstance, all right? Here's another one, same talent, uh, local tax uh, service, tax tax prep service. So we'll just call it Jeff Cave's uh, tax guy. Okay. So Jeff can advertise, he's a huge fan. He can be on the air all year long. He can be a 10 year, a 20 year partner in this whole thing. So which one is gonna pay the higher 
uh, fee, so to speak. Everybody can make that decision for themselves. You might say, hey, I like the four-month thing, and that's fine. You do that. But no, there's not a formula. <clears throat> but I will also say this. If anybody in your environment, whether that be a manager above you or whatever, talent, if, if the conversation is um, the talent's going to make more money than the, the salesperson uh, or, or the other way around, um, all I would say is uh, you're not going to be successful selling. I probably wouldn't go on this appointment if I were you because you're completely in a tactical environment uh, when what you've really got is a box of magic. So if you don't understand that, You've got to get over that is what I'm saying. Both sides have to get over it because the truth is, if we don't go do this together, there is no talent fee. There is no commission. There's right. no agency fee to pay and there's right. no net to come through the door. And we're going to go fight for spots and dots. And there's only one way to win that game. And that is just to be cheap. I want, I want to run this in here because I think it's appropriate about not hitting and running in the endorsement world. If, if oh my God, the, the talent has credibility. It needs to be six months to a year contracts. And look, once he does this, you know, we can't just be jumping around the next month and go and do the next uh, tax guy. Right. Correct. Absolutely. And you've all heard this somewhere in your market. Uh, talent comes on the air and uh, he's talking about the awesome guys over at the Ford dealer down the street there and how they're the greatest. And then, Something happens, you know, and then all of a sudden he's not talking about the Ford guy anymore. And then, you know, six weeks later, now he's over there talking about the GMC dealer. Okay. Uh, he's just trashed his cred. The single most important piece of currency, any content delivery person, DJ, whatever we call them, is that credibility is that's their gold. Mm -hmm. So, A, we can't put them in a position to do that. Saying no to a crappy deal, Jeff, sometimes I realize it's hard. Every single day, you know, our talent goes out and does the hardest job in the world. And that is, is they, they get people to come to their stadium, if you will. Mm -hmm. And those people have no financial vesting in this. Okay? They come because they like it. And they can leave anytime they want for any reason they want. There is nothing more fickle than a radio audience. Yet here these, these people are, and they've developed relationships with those people. Like I said, in my car last night, that DJ might as well have been sitting next to me. Sure. Because that's how I was consuming it. Hmm. But my point becomes this. We can't do any trans transitory deals, wreck cred. Okay. So that credibility that the, the talent has is absolutely priceless. We want to guard it with our life. When you get a good endorsement partner, um, and Jeff, you know, you at some point, you I'm sure you tell your audience this, but you were on the air and you were you sold them yourself. Oh yeah, of all things. Oh yeah, you know exactly the power of that long term, that relationship that gets built with the client, because you're letting the client literally rent your credibility with your audience. Yeah, and there is wanna... again. I don't care how many mark, how big your market is or small. There's nobody on the air anywhere in any market that doesn't have a big enough audience to impact in a big way any customer in that market. Let's jump any. over to, to these guys on the air. Yes. And, and women on the air increasingly, yes. no matter what market size. And you dealt with a lot of different markets from Biloxi to New Orleans yep. in, in, in your Mid-South region for iHeart. Uh, but You've got people on the air that you think should be selling spots. And oh my gosh. The most powerful salesperson 
on your uh, sports station is the talent. How Most do you powerful. Propose, do you it's really think close. they should carry a list? Do you think no. they should be going out with salespeople? What's your model here? In a perfect world, uh, there should never be an endorsement meeting, especially if, as before the deal is done, sold, without the talent involved. Face-to-face -face is best, always. Um, but sparing that, they got to be on a Zoom call with you. They've got to be on the phone as you are there. Jeff, you are a talent. You've been on a, a, lots and lots of sales calls in your day. Uh, the dynamic of when talent is sitting with a, with a customer and a salesperson is sitting with a, a customer is utterly different. The salesperson is in the mind of the prospect. They're trying to figure out how to make you go away with the least possible pain to me, the, the prospect. When the talent shows up, it's totally different. Now I'm a fan. I'm talking about, you know, in fact, when I talked to you before we went on to start this, mm -hmm. you know, we were yakking about the Broncos, right? Mm -hmm. And your opinions mattered to me, okay? And so in that role, you're like, uh, you know, you're like a superstar to me in that role. So that's the dynamic. So we want the, we want the talent on the call whenever, really, there's no point in doing it without them. All right. Now, let me move over um, to all the different salespeople, Mike, that you ran across. And, and I know that some of the basics and, and we'll get to your, do you have a two minute exercise for us? Is that what you've got? Yeah, I just want to, I want to talk about the process and it's really easy. I, I can get through it quickly for you. All right. You want me to do that now? Well, hold on to that thought and just tell me about, because it may work okay. in tandem, the, the best attributes that the best salespeople you were around had, what were their processes or what were those things that stood out to you that made them the best salespeople in the iHearts and the clear channel world that you ran in for so long? That would be absolutely. Uh, it's, and it took me a long time to figure this out uh, because you're overwhelmed with so much kind of day-to-day -day noise. Here's what it is. Consistent performance, meaning that they do the same things over and over and over again the customer experiences a huge level of consistency when dealing with that salesperson. Number two, coachability. We've got to be able to grow as we learn new things. We have to be able to take you know, parts of that, what we were doing consistently and eliminate stuff that, didn't, that doesn't have as much leverage anymore and add the new parts. Consistently execute the fundamentals of whatever the needs of that station, group, cluster, whatever, to be consistent and to be coachable to the future. Um, I don't believe in the concept of naturally born salespeople. Some people just have a gift of gab. Those are all, those are all things that will leverage people who are consistent and coachable. Hmm. All right. Now get to your two minute process. Process okay. is this. All right. uh, most endorsement deals are done as one-offs. Everyone is a different, it, all of the parts and pieces are different. And I, my pitch is you've got to treat them all. This is a, it's like a business process. So uh, how long is it going to take? How many calls is it going to take to get in front of clients? Six, nine contacts, you know, depending on how many, probably a three, four calls to get the deal to the closing line. Now it's closed. Here's where people make the mistake. This is when the selling begins. Every single week, the talent has to have uh, personal contact with the customer. 
whether that's a text, an email, hey, calling you from the studio between bubblets, you've got to touch that customer over and over and over again, because they're viewing this as I've, I have a partnership. And if we view this as a transaction, this thing is going to crash. The renewal process begins literally halfway through the whatever the term of the first contract is. Mm -hmm. We start talking about, hey, in six months from now, when this is up, here are the changes we can make. Here's the things we ought to do. So, and again, every single week, the customer should be touched by the talent. Last thought is salespeople, check your ego at the door and become these people's agent. The on-air we'll make... person's agent. Yeah, absolutely. When Think about it from that perspective, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So they're, they're what you're renting. Let them be front and center and do what they do so very well. All right, Mike. So you have also sort of transitioned out of the business when the, the, the digital wave was coming, podcasting, and all the different tools in the box that sellers are required to have. Correct. So- here we are in 2022. Uh, what do you think? What's your advice for the sports radio seller to be the best? No matter you know, you, no matter the size of the market, but you're mostly medium, really medium-sized markets to, to be the best. Well, I think uh, the, the we covered it a little bit, but recognize the awesome, powerful, passionate tool you have. No other format does this as well as sports. They all do it. This is just like uh, endorsement and credibility on steroids. Number two, I, we all have things to do, but kind of the rules are the same. You know, podcasting works because of that passionate environment. It works for advertisers for the exact reason we're talking about, the credibility. The audience who's come, you know, they're part of that tribe. They're part of that alumni association. They're part of that team. They're in that stadium. Use whatever analogy you like. Um, and number three, keep it simple. Do, you know, just become utterly dependable. You know, how often do we find ourselves, you know, where a business has let us down with something very, very simple? You know, the, the, mm -hmm. the knife was dirty at the restaurant. Sure, sure. Those are some fundamental things that anybody can control. Those are those consistent steps that have to be taken. Become utterly dependable. Your, your customers want to know that I know this is how it's going to be when I do business with you. Perfection is not required. Wow. It's not. Pretty, not a bad process. That's pretty good advice. It's not uh, too difficult. And no. yet I know everybody continues to strive for it. Good conversation, Mike. And Thanks, Jeff. I know that uh, you're out there. Playing pickleball, you're out there. Also, are, are you not still umpiring college tennis matches? I am. And I'm here to tell you, that is the most humbling thing I do in a day. Out. In. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> but watching all these fantastic young athletes uh, and uh, wishing perhaps that I hadn't wasted some of that uh, you know, that younger body, because I promise you, nothing's going to get better as you get older. When you, you get you, my age, Jeff, your hips are going to hurt. Are you chair umpire or line guy or what? what you're uh, up I, do, the chair? Uh, I do both, but All mostly right. chair. I'm All a right. chair so umpire. Very quickly. What would you do with Curios? Nick Curios, what would you do when he started berating and distracting? Well, I, I know what I'd like to say is uh, those are what are called code violations. And 
uh, where he playing college tennis, he would have he would have been thrown out of the, the match would have been over uh, and he would have been uh, disqualified. Okay. What would I have done? <laughs> I'd have probably done what those guys did because he's remember, he's the talent. He's the People show. Tune in to watch the umpire make a call. They turned in to watch him play. So knowing your audience matters. All and right. you know what? Good. What a good way to go out, because think about if he was your talent, because a lot of talent has kind of that, that, no that wild question. personality. No question. It makes them what they are. All right. Thanks to Mike Scott. Hey, rate, review it, pass it along. Uh, pass on this pad. You can write me at jeffks54 at gmail.com. Topics. If you have great conversations like what we just had with Mike, you'd like us to have, just reach out to me. If you're near Flower Mound uh, or Dallas, reach out to me. We can get together, however that works out. Check out my articles on the uh, on sports radio sales at barrettsportsmedia.com. Uh, this week, it's all about handling the ratings release. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Seller to Seller with Jeff Caves. Each episode is available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and most podcasting platforms. To stay in touch with Jeff, follow him on Twitter at Jeff Caves and read his sales columns on BarrettSportsMedia.com.